Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in the ring room with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Thank you, sir. Thank you once again for having me on this uh, glorious night. Um, I, once again, I have to say that you, you, Renee, mm-hmm. are a beacon. <laughs> okay. A beacon, Renee. I've I heard that word before, and I thought of you. A beacon. Beacon. I don't know what it means. Well, it's but, usually uh, it's, a beacon of something. I'm I'm, I'm kind of right. holding my breath on yeah. what that's what that. But what, you are a beacon, Renee. That's that's <laughs> what I'm calling you these days. The beacon. The beacon. Yeah, <laughs> because I've heard it like a, a, a beacon of fire. Okay. Or a beacon of uh, uh, flames. They'd say, they'd say they'd normally they say like a a, a beacon of um, hope. Yeah, something like that. But it's not that. That's not the way I think of it when I say beacon. Okay. When I refer to you, Renee. Okay. But beacon is the new word this week, nation. Troubled nation. Use the word beacon in a sentence sometime this week. (laughs) Some homework assignment there. Yeah, because I I hear this word occasionally, beacon. Uh huh. Where have you been hearing that word? They uh, use that in, in the World Cup competition. I know you're very di- you're very deep in the the World I'm Cup. I'm deep into it. All the cups. And what the thing is going on now? You have the Women's World Cup. Uh huh. And at the same time, you have the Gold Cup of South America going on, which hmm. is amazing. And then you have the CONACAF Gold Cup, which is North American and Central America. Are these which, all different? The same league? Or? No, no. These are all these are all like. Uh, patriotic country kind of stuff. Okay. You know, like where Mexico is going to play the U.S. in the CONICUF Cup, most likely. Okay. Is Brazil and Argentina are playing right now as I speak, and I'm missing it. Yeah. The U.S. women will play for the championship against the Swedes of the Netherlands uh, Sunday. You know, okay. so it's, 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 it's cup crazy for Manny. Yeah. I'm wearing my cup right now. <laughs> okay, well, Yeah, I've got my gold cup on right okay, now. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, Just to and, get in the spirit of yeah, things. Yeah, and it's only gold because I urinate in it. I, I can't make it to the bathroom. <laughs> okay, man. Well, we, we always have to start off every, every episode, the last month or so. It's always the same way. It's always, no matter how, where, where we start out, it winds up being some A bodily sort of, movement? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm getting old. I, you uh, well, know, I'm getting to that well, stage uh, in my life well, where I might need, well, you, you know, know, pretends. Well, <laughs> you know, my, my is wife, it pretends? It could be. Yeah. My, you know, my wife says, look, nobody wants to hear about your health problems. You know, that she says as you get older, that's something you should learn that no other people are not interested in your health problems. And you listen to her? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, she might be right about this. Yeah. Oh, well, she's no longer part of the nation then. Oh, well, I don't uh, know. Yeah. Was don't she know, ever man. a part of the nation? Sure, absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. I want to hear about my, I talk about my health problems. Okay. It's, something All right. All right. it's good therapy. Doesn't she understand that it's good therapy? Okay. To get it out there in the open. You know, and I, she could just ignore it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like my wife ignores me. Sure. Uh, you, look, at you've got a... a uh, I'm, uh, I'm just about to present yeah. my... Uh, my, my, You've got my an own, appendage my, there. My, kind my, of cut. my own health problem here. Yeah. So you, you notice my thumb, it has like a, a little uh, dunce cap on it. Yeah, it looks kind of KKK if you ask me. Well, it, yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> not, it's not a hood. It's more of a dunce cap. Well, and, and I deserve it because today, even though I understand how dangerous uh, chainsaws are, <laughs> that, that, for, that knowledge did not prevent me from 
uh, even though I had a set of gloves on, brand new set of gloves that I treated myself to today, work gloves, you know. Isn't so, it nice buying a new pair of gloves? It is. It really, it really I was, is. I was very proud of myself because yeah. I'm kind of cheap with myself often, you know. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll wear that same ratty pair of gloves that the fingers are worn out yeah. on. Yeah. And, you know, I just try to avoid using the fingertips. But right. so I bought this new set of gloves and I have the chainsaw and I'm, I have a new chain, nice sharp chain, never been used. And somehow I, I, I think it's a good idea to take the glove off of that hand so that I can manipulate, do some fine motor manipulation of, uh-huh. of, a, of a, a nut. Okay. And, uh, and I wound up running the, the chain, the pristine chain into the end of my thumb. <laughs> Today, oh my God! Which it was not, it, you know, it wasn't running. I mean, it was. I, I just. Uh, oh, it wasn't running. No, okay, no, it, it was. It was not. It wasn't plugged in at the time. But it, so you're sharp. using this chainsaw down in your basement, I presume, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just got <laughs> just trying to trying to tidy up. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I, you know, I had, had to, so you have you you you. Well, you know, uh, I saw today, in fact, or yesterday, a fellow guest, our, mm-hmm. our friend artist uh, Keith Duncan, yes, was doing some weekend artist. weekend work around his house, mm-hmm. and he almost chopped off his middle finger, the oh, tip of Jesus. his middle finger, doing something. But you know, Keith, you can never really get a straight story from him because he's giggling the whole <laughs> yeah. time. It's like, yeah, man, yeah, cut it, cut it, all right, Keith, well, whatever you say. You're like talking to Keith Richards. Yeah, you're talking to Keith Richards and sometimes because he keeps giggling about it. Right, yeah, right, so, right, right. yeah, so uh, uh, that's two people who've had an accident. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, it's, uh, be careful out there, Nation. You know, I have a friend in my band who about every three or four years will buy a new knife and almost cut his finger off with it. <laughs> and uh, after, after about six years had gone by without an incident, I, I explained to him, be very, very careful because right. I know your history and you're due. Well, that's so funny you bring up knives because I was thinking about getting a new hobby. Okay. And I thought, you know, getting old and getting grumpy and all. Uh-huh. I thought of whittling. Whittling? Yeah, whittling. Yeah. Like sitting on my back porch. It's a good one. And just whittle. Yeah. Now, where would I go get a good whittling knife? Um, you know, there's a place on, uh, on Veterans Expressway that, that has all kind of knives. Whittling knives, have switchblades, have, uh, you really? know. Oh, yeah. Alpine. Alpine, thank you. Thank you. Our guest is already contributing <laughs> to the show. I love it. I love okay. it. Okay. Yeah, Al- yeah, Alpine Knife Company or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's... Uh, C- uh, clocks and knives. Clocks and knives. Clocks and yeah, knives. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's an odd combination. <laughs> it's a favorite place of a future Troubleman podcast guest, George Reineke. When George and I were, were uh, running in, in closer uh, uh, association than we have been the past few years, he would, he would always get me to, he would con me into bringing him to Alpine Clocks and Knives so that he could, uh, you know, window shop or perhaps pick up a knife. He, George is a, I don't know if you know him, he's a bit of a hustler, you know, he's the kind of guy that will, uh, like, find a good deal on a used musical instrument call someone up who he thinks would be interested and get them to buy it with him as the middleman, you know, just, just take a finder's fee for it, you know, and it's, I, I, I like it. It's, he's very enterprising, but, but yeah, he, he would do the same thing with knives was one of his, uh, 
one of his soft spots, you know. So he, we, we went to Alpine. I think I'm going to need like a nice sweater too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you whittle. Well, I you think know, whittling's like a fall kind of thing to do, don't you? Could could. I don't be, know much about could whittling. Could be summertime because you're sitting. You know, I, I always associate uh, that character Uncle Joe from Petticoat Junction. You know, yeah, he was a big yeah. whittler. You know, he'd sit right. on the porch and whittle. He was also a petter. I heard. Too. I don't know about that yeah, man. He, he was. If you read three Hollywood stories, uh, he was a petter. Uh, uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, him and uh, George Goble. Who was the lower right-hand square of Hollywood Squares? Uh, I, I think for sure that's not true. It's well, fake news. No, <laughs> George Goble. Everybody loves George Goble. <laughs> okay. Oh, come on. Um, anyway, let's, uh, enough of all this, uh, this foolishness here. Let's get right to our guest. This is, you know, one of my, uh, my dream guests when I, when I, you know, create the list of people I, uh, that might be difficult, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to to keep working until I get him, and, and he's one of them. He's, uh, he's an organist, multi-instrumentalist, really, songwriter, recording artist, inventor, patent holder, uh, also an author. Um, he's, uh, we'll get into all of the, the specifics of, of these, these different elements of, of his career. But anyway, without further ado, Mr. Quentron. Welcome, Mr. Quentron. Uh, hi. <laughs> so, so Quintron is that good or Quintron? Mister just kind of happened through the years, but um, Quintron is a nickname, obviously. That okay. my father kind of gave me a long time ago. Really? Yeah, that's so but, sweet. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. Just is that because you had an interest in in um, science and electronics? And he is uh, still a working electrical engineer and a consultant for. Um, mostly defense industry stuff, actually. Okay. And one nothing the, you can talk about, though. We won't pr- press you for he doesn't details. Now, nothing I can talk about. Yeah. Um, and one of his early companies was called Quintron. Huh. Uh, and I think I was a teenager, and I thought that is the most hilarious, fake, futuristic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it is great. And I'm going to name my first band after that when your company folds, which it did. Okay. And then I did. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Man. So now there's a medical supplies company called Quintron, actually. Really? Yeah. Is there a trademark uh, action against them? I've been around a lot longer than they have. Yeah, yeah. We just sort of peaceably coexist yeah. on the internet. Well, you know, I, I think it, the way the trademark works is you can only protect it for, for a business that you're in. Yeah, there's going to be no... Well, there is some mild confusion between what I do and what this medical supplies company does. Actually, if you look at the stuff that I've built... Uh-huh. And the, the, it's mostly like breathing apparatus and stuff that they sell. But there's some aesthetic similarities between their devices and... Okay. Because you're an inventor. I, I, but, I, you're also an inventor, right? Uh, yeah. I've built, I would say, a couple of things that I think are worthy of being called an, a, a, a newish idea. Yes. And so, well... Uh, where do we start? Should we just start whittling? There since we're, no, no, we're, we're past the <laughs> I whittling. Fast. I used to collect <laughs> knives. That was my, you know, you pick a thing to collect when you're a kid, and right. I was all about knives. I whittled. Mm. I threw. I uh, learned how to throw knives. Really? Yeah, I, like practiced throwing knives against a tree. Had all this whole collection of different pocket knives. Have you heard about these bars that are popping up around the country where they have where people throw uh, tomahawks, axes, yeah. axes? Yeah. There's one opening. Um, you, in New Orleans, I guess. I just heard the oh, really? typical Facebook hubbubaloo yeah. about yeah. it. That's fascinating but, um, to me. They get I really to... drunk and throw an axe. So, yeah, well, you know, I actually saw a, a video from one of these places, and, 
you know, you're throwing the axe, and that's fine as long as it keeps going in that same direction. But I've seen some videos where that axe will bounce back and come back. At, at, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you but can, how many people have been actually seriously hurt in an axe-throwing incident in a bar? People play, have been playing darts in bars forever, and right. that's like a pointy little yeah. fucking bullet. It doesn't have the mass of an axe. They, I've been to an axe-throwing <laughs> bar in, I think, Denmark or something on tour. <laughs> really? And it was so, like none of us had ever seen it. It was so crazy, but it was right. really fun it's really fun yeah <laughs> did you throw one yeah you did yeah you well did. you had the experience with the knives so you it's, it's not the same but it's it is kind of like you know you you got to have the sense of how many rotations before it makes that See, distance insanity. it's sort of like shooting yeah. pool like where you get that mathematics weird, physics thing yeah involved. but it's almost like um and i'm not good at either one but uh-huh. but when if, i don't know if you've ever played a lot of pool but yeah, there, there's that you're getting the zone where yeah, you just definitely. sort of innately understand the geometry mm-hmm. and sometimes you're right and it's like this weird that's what i spoke very about very primordial about, it's all about geometry i think part of your brain yeah, yeah. Like you're getting that little focus angles yeah. and all that kind of crap yeah. and stuff we have a like lot that. of a lot of listeners uh, who are pool players a lot of championship pool players because we had one uh, ron roses shout out to mr ron roses he yeah, was yeah. Uh, he was a nine ball champion for about 15 years in california and uh, he's a listener of this podcast and so i was an sweet. eight ball champion for about five hey 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 <laughs> <laughs> these are the jokes people right over my head <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so so we have a lot of uh, a lot of pool players in, in our listenership. Yeah, now, yeah. getting back to the knife thing, uh, as a child, as a male child, I loved any kind of shiny metal objects, mm-hmm. and I find that that's a commonality with other other male children, other boys that I talk to. Is, yeah. and if you some you know not not every girl with this this would would not understand this. I'm sure there there are plenty of, of girls who liked shiny metal objects, but. But it, it really is a boy thing, you know, like the fine machined, um, the smoothness of it. There was something it. about it, yeah, and it wasn't taught to me or wasn't right. like, you know, pushed on me as a child. Right. Like, you got to get it a knife, son. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> uh, it was a, a, um, a fetish. Sure. You know, at the, at the hard, what you used to, could get them at most hardware mm-hmm. stores, you know. And the, they were always in a case, and it's always locked, and the handles or something. There's, there's never two of the same one, so they right. seem special and different. Yes. And, um, but they all can kill. Well, I didn't or, think of it like that, yeah. but it was, there's an, a sense of danger about owning yeah. one that, yeah. that um, was alluring. You have to be careful. Sure. Yeah, you have to be respectful. My mother got arrested and went to jail in Tijuana stealing, not stealing, but smuggling a switchblade across the border for me on a family time, vacation yeah. Yeah. yeah she was pissed I mean, for, <laughs> for, to the end of her life well yeah. growing up i grew up in la and we'd get tons of stuff illegally brought over from the mexican border and you could buy switchblades and stuff why are switchblades illegal it's crazy it doesn't I, make they they're not in mississippi there's states huh. where they're not illegal. Really? And in some states, this is true, they are, they are legal if you are an amputee. <laughs> but otherwise, they're not. Legal. Wow! In Michigan, I believe that. Well, the I never really the liked the switch. I I used to like the uh, the 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 switchblade comb. Switchblade comb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looked like a blade. It looked like yeah. one, and you brought it out. And you and you just started combing. But I'm a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to like Surprise. that. Yeah. <laughs> so love that. Yeah. So so. Um, your father's uh, background in electrical engineering, is that how you came to have the expertise that you do? Just it very much is, yeah. He, um, 
you know, we, I have a, a brother and a sister, and neither one of them took to it, but we all had it available to us. There was boxes of... I was the one that just dug into the boxes of switches and light bulbs and wires and stuff that he had like around soldering and, them together mm-hmm. and, and just seeing what, yeah. what would what would work what yep. we come up with so so that brings us to uh, your one of your inventions the the one that that I know about first which is uh, a light operated drum machine mm-hmm. the drum buddy the drum buddy yeah. tell us about the drum buddy um, the drum buddy is looks kind of like a record player uh, for those of you listeners at home i'm pretending like we're on the radio yeah yeah we are haven't gotten over that no it's (laughs) um imagine a record player that instead of a flat disc that sits horizontally flat on the platter it's a a big number 10 can like a a big soup can Mm -hmm. and there's a light bulb inside that soup can and there's holes drilled in it kind of like a music box and as that spins around there's some periscopes that are uh situated around the outside of that can and as it spins around the light goes in and kind of triggers on and off these different oscillators that are hooked up in different ways and uh and because it's a cylinder spinning around at a fixed speed it creates a a a predictable repetitive rhythmic pattern that you can mess with by changing the whole configuration or changing parameters on the oscillators in the periscopes or Okay. So, so it's a very, very simple idea, and it has totally been done in certain ways before, and that back to the 40s, Raymond Scott was, was experimenting with this kind okay. of thing, and um, light sensors, like uh, um, photosensitive resistors, have been around for, for ages and right. ages. But the way that I put it together was sort of in a way that hadn't been done before and kind of um, applying the sensibility of a turntablist, mm-hmm. um, like a record player, a record uh, a, a DJ musician that scratches records, kind right. of applying that type of technology to this analog synth. It, re- it reminds me a little bit of, of the uh, the Brian Geisen Dream Machine. That's what everybody says. Really? And, it is, and that's it's the same uh, idea of a, a rotating cylinder. And the the reason that that is effective is that you can change the um, the RPMs to match up to frequencies in your brain, and right. uh, you can you can control that, and it's um, so it's repetitive. And when did you invent this drum buddy? This w- is really right around 1999. Okay, so uh, started like first prototypes were a couple of years. Okay, but so that, you but remind me of a guy though who who could care less about school. School, you just weren't into school because you were I, way far ahead of school. I wasn't ahead of school. I was not good in school, and I'm, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot. I, I wish I was, but I, de- I probably have some kind of learning disability that got um, diagnosed two, two decades oh, okay. after I went to school. But um, uh, I, if I'm inspired by wanting some, to see something actualized that doesn't exist yet, then I'm very, very motivated and motivated to learn about how to make that happen. Right. And, uh, but yes, yeah, you get good instinct. Not good at school. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. most of our guests. So it's it's Manny's. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm number one right there. Yeah, but I'm just saying. I, I I look at you and I you're talking and you're inventing things. I think you're a guy who was just kind of bored with school. Were you bored with it? That's a romantic idea of somebody who's so beyond what the teachers are talking about that they're. I I, I would not portray myself in that way so you were getting high frustrated you were smoking a lot of pot no i didn't didn't do drugs until much much later i just like couldn't 
absorb English and, and art and poetry and stuff like that I was really interested in, but mm-hmm. math and sciences and the things that I actually shiny use a lot of now, I, I really metal um, was, I could, it didn't take to the way that they taught it. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, in, in the United States, we re- don't really have a hands-on approach to education. It's not, it's not experiential. It's all, I think it's getting better. Yes. In some cases. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you're right. But you know, we'll we'll see how that how that pans out. Yeah. Well, let me let's go back a little bit in 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 our history. Uh, so I, fr- I first became aware of you as an organist and a performer uh, back in the Mermaid Lounge days mm-hmm. when we were when Glenn Styler was at the you know he he was doing a lot a lot of performances and yeah. and you were wound up on some of those shows. One of my first shows was Brent asked me to perform to open for him, I think. Uh-huh. Or, um, and I was so terrified, I think, of performing in public with what I was doing because I had just switched from... I was a drummer originally okay. and got pretty... I, t- I was a, a pretty good drummer, mm-hmm. um, but had switched to organ because I wanted melody in my life. Right, and that was the beginning phases of me becoming an organist. Um, so I played in a in the back room of the Mermaid. I don't even know what that was like. Became the green room, but right. I piped it in, oh. and I didn't. I wasn't even oh, okay. present, physically present. But um, I do remember your performance because I had a, a, a friend of mine at the time, and she's listening. She goes, "Wow, I really love this," and I'm listening. I'm going. I don't know what this is because you were playing. It was it was in time, but the and it's it's like you were playing in a way that would the the phrasing and the the all of that would have made musical sense. But a lot of the melodic content, the harmonic content, was pretty angular because I was playing organ like a drummer. Okay, that, well, yes, that was very competent and and uh, sort of intuitively good at splicing rhythms uh-huh. in my mind and, uh, and improvisationally, and, right. but I was just learning about the keyboard. Well, it was super um, charming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you know, like, uh, and, and I think that that may have been, you know, it's uh, uh, just how, how people stumble into, mm-hmm. uh, you know, styles or directions, and a lot of times it's, it's because of their abilities. A lot of times it's because of their limitations. Yeah, you know? yeah. One of the my favorite. I mean, I have to just pay you a compliment. Okay, uh, well, it's a traditional uh, part of the podcast. Yeah, right? um, the the show that you did with Glenn Styler at the at our house was like one of the highlights of that era for me. Really. Oh, thank you. you know, and just you, just your your musical output, and and with him as well in in general. It's like. I, big, big time for me. Thanks, thanks, man. We are, I always loved working with Brent, Glenn Styler. Um, he's so talented. He's still one of my closest friends. It, you know, unfortunately, you know, time moves on and, and mm-hmm. circumstances change, and it's it's not possible for him to perform anymore. Um, but that is one regret I have about the whole arc of that is that band, the, the band that, that performed there was Glenn Styler Presents the Clergy. That's the band that we were performing under, the name yeah. we were using at the time. And that, that band only did a couple of gigs in public. Uh, but that, was that one of them at that, the Spellcast? That, that being was that, the, yeah. the greatest one and, yeah. and the greatest crowd. And my, my regret is that we didn't record that. It's okay. 
It's okay that we're we didn't record it. We're talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is forever, baby. Oh, I know. Now, I mean, but, but we, you know, I wish I could link to the podcast know, and have I a know. recording, you know. But, you know. Well, you know, you never know. Maybe someone in that crowd recorded it. Uh, you never yeah, know. Uh, you know. We had a strict no video policy because I really wanted everything to be for the memories. And it was, this is the 90s. Right. So people didn't and have it was, recordable it, fo- And if they did, phones. it was big and obnoxious and obtrusive yeah. and made everybody else feel like they were under a microphone. Microscope. Right. Nowadays, you can't say that. But. Right. Now, that was a terrific gig. And, and uh, that, you know, and you're doing something like that and you think, oh, well, this is just the beginning. We'll do so many more of these. We don't yeah. need to record this one. Well, I think a couple of months later, Katrina happened. Um, everything changed, you know. It would have been years before that, I think. Really? I believe. Yeah. Okay. I, I can't remember what all the, all, <laughs> yeah, all the, all before, the details. But, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The next day. The ne- no, well, I was thinking yeah. a couple of months, but, uh, you know. Well, I you know, know uh, when I lived in West Hollywood, I had a drum buddy. You did. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different, whole different thing. Tell me the story. <laughs> it's not pat- it was not patented. Well, it's West Melrose Avenue, 1989. <laughs> I woke up, went to get some coffee at my favorite diner. I ran into Gregory Peck's son, Gregory Peck Jr. <laughs> and that's all I can tell you after this. Okay. Smart one. <laughs> Smart one. <laughs> Well, so so you you start off playing organ there, and y- your your partner Miss Pussycat mm-hmm. had had for years before that had the uh, the Pussycat the caverns. Pussycat caverns, yep. And you know I, I attended uh, a couple of events there through Brent as, a, as at the invitation of Brent. Yeah. And those were wild parties, and 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 uh, it was so cool, man. Yeah. Such a scene. I felt so privileged to be there. It's a little bit, uh, you know. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't have been there except for Brent. I mean, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been. I don't even. Yeah, I don't. Don't know how that relationship happened, but I know that I came to Brent through, through or Glenn Styler through Miss Pussycat and Judy and. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so 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 that evolves in. So Miss Pussycat is yeah. a, is a great uh, puppet artist. Mm-hmm. And I'm jumping all over the place here. This isn't going chronologically, but. So not a good whittler, though she's not. Uh, she's not a good whittler. Okay, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> we're not going to hold that against her. No, because she is a, a, a great um, fabricator of puppets. Because and, and and nation, do yourself a favor. Uh, you know, look up uh, Miss Pussycat, and and there's great music. By Even though she's not a troubled man, you should consider having her on the. Oh, podcast. we would love to. No, the the troubled man podcast. We don't only invi- invite men on it's we're the troubled men yeah we're the troubled men and then you know it's like the johnny carson show he doesn't just talk to himself he has other guests you know or i'm really dating myself to johnny carson but we don't we don't do mike douglas type shows where we do theme shows you know that kind of stuff but we're we're the troubled men you know yeah yeah so we have females on we have non-troubled men so yeah we would love to have miss pussycat on we could but so anyway troubled Oh, okay. Well, aren't we all fit in? <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the good ones. So, so uh, you guys perform as you're sort of a, a one man band. We're a package. You're but, a package, um, but you perform as a one man band, and then she. I'm sings sort of a, a self-contained uh, octopus of right. So you uh, party jam generation. <laughs> Right. Uh, I can't really call myself a one-man band because I really, you know, our songs are built 
around uh, her backup vocals also, sure. and sometimes her lead vocals and maracas and right. such and such. But for for descriptive purposes, what, the way I play my instruments that surround me is, is uh, akin to a one-man band, yeah. Right, so you have a couple of keyboards, organ, an electric piano in front of you, then you have the drum buddy off to your side. Some drums and cymbals. And, and you have that. a hi-hat cymbal. My and, newest thing is a uh, lap steel oh you gotta you haven't seen me for a while but um yeah that's my new jam is lap steel with my right hand tuned open and i can capo it up and nice. then i can still play bass lines with my left hand you know i saw you uh, opening for beck at the sanger and that was terrific yeah that was uh that was i was so happy for you because it was a isn't perfect... the sanger just the most wonderful place to be it's a great room particularly if you're not too close to the stage sonically i find if you're like if you have the really good tickets and you're too close it's it can be a big hole in there it can sound kind of swimmy and but the impressiveness visually too is all up in the balcony and the the cloud the the domed cloud ceiling right sparkles and i saw the lion king there i wasn't impressed well you were that was the lion king yeah they probably turned the stars off i saw uh when I first moved here, you didn't like the Lion King. I didn't like. The I don't know sound. anything about. I didn't the like Lion the King. sound. I mean, I could care less about puppets and the uh, the the things that were going on musically. Yeah. I'm not into musicals. We discussed this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Has a, has yeah. yeah. I don't really care. But I had to take my kid. You know, but did I, the kids like it? Oh yeah, they loved Curious. it. You know, they're you know it's acid for them. You know, <laughs> but the only time I really enjoyed the Sanger was when I saw when I first moved here. And my then girlfriend, now wife, through her work, got two free tickets or four free tickets to see like classic rock guys like Blue Oyster Cult and all these people hmm. playing. And Blue we were Oyster on, Cult did play there. Yeah, yeah, and we were on acid. Oh, geez. And that was really good. You know, mm. good place at, to be. On yeah, I like the blues. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's a little no, too much going on. Nine dollars. Like, but see, since we're jumping all over the place, yeah. um, you're actually you grew up in Chicago. You were born in Germany. No, I did not grow up in Chicago. You, you, Let's clear that misnomer up okay. forever. Okay, and ever. well, then it's the troubled man. Yeah, yeah. Podcast. Then you gave me the wrong information, I, I didn't Ray. Say that. You sent me information the internet, about the internet has uh, okay. has imprinted itself enough times that that. Okay, is so you're from Utah. Common misnomer. No. no okay. <laughs> um, I, uh, my father was in the military, so right, I was born so you were in, German, in Germany. Yeah. Uh, and I, I graduated high school in St. Louis, Missouri. And I okay, would say St. Louis. That I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Yeah, that's my okay, childhood. So, Although I don't have family there, I don't have relatives. I never. There's no reason to go visit. Right. Um, so a lot of our yeah. guests over the, how many shows? We've had a lot of shows, about 50 or 60 shows. A lot of our guests we've had have been artists and musicians, and they all come, they all, for some reason, end up here. And so you ended up here. When did you end up here? Uh, 93 or 94. 94, 94. okay. And what, uh, what brought you here? Yeah. A woman. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. Okay. That's good reason. It's one of the best reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing better in this world than, yeah. than a pretty girl. <laughs> right, okay, all right. And now you're, you came in the early 90s and you started right away doing the Quintron thing? Um, the I wo- had started Quintron by then and at yeah. that point I was still a uh, sort of a free improvisation drumming one-man mm-hmm. kind huh. of explosion of huh. noise. Um, 
uh, but as Quintron. And then it was, uh, this is a long, boring story, and I'll make it very, very short. I was on some kind of tour that brought me through New Orleans, and those were the days of setting up tours on the telephone. Mm -hmm. And uh, that meant talking to Miss Pussycat, who I fell in love with on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then one thing led to another, and I, uh, I was living in Chicago, but I had only lived there for not, not that long, okay. five, six, seven years. Uh, and I had to leave Chicago for various reasons, and I wanted to. Um, and I, when I, I toured through there, and after I, that show at Pussycat, which happened, I was like, I'm moving here and hopefully getting married to that person. Nice. Nice, man. Yeah. So, so since that time, you guys have, have you've put out like 14 records under your under Quentron name. Yeah, so. yeah, pr more. That, okay, since, yeah. since since whatever yeah. I re information I read, and you played That's on other my people's own site, not updated enough. Okay, right, right. It's right. been fourteen for the last three or four. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you've played played on other people's records as well, back backed yeah. up. Yeah. So, and one of the things I, I I saw, and in fact I I knew about this, was you played on uh, Steve Riley and the Mamu Playboys uh, record, and yep. and the it's actually a Grammy nominated record, Grand Isle. And uh, you contributed a song, Chatterbox, to that record. Mm -hmm. now that's, that's the only song I played on and wrote, okay. but I didn't play on the rest of the record. But, yep. Now, that song, Chatterbox, that's, that's about uh, a club in Eunice, Louisiana, correct? It's about Kelly. It's about Kelly, It's okay. really about Kelly. Okay. And Chatterbox if it is... You knew Kelly, like yes, you that, Kelly, like yes. We're getting back to Kelly right. Keller is is the, her the name, pa patron saint of this podcast. Okay, she, her, yeah. her name comes up every. Well, every Kelly episode. had a big smile and big teeth, yes. and that was the chatterbox. <laughs> big to eyes, me. and she could talk. <laughs> um, big personality, Love to and talk, uh, yes. but she was from Eunice, and I was at her funeral, and the the bar that we were all sort of having the wake at was called the Chatterbox mm. in Eunice. Oh wait a minute, I was there. Maybe, yeah. Right course. after the funeral. At, yes. I after went the there. funeral, yeah. and it was the place called the Chatterbox. Right, right. And off then some there, highway. within yeah. the Chatterbox, there was the Swamp Room. Right. We were all in the Swamp Room. Okay, I think Dave Clements was there. Cece was there. Yeah. And all, um, Kelly's sister was there. Yeah. Lefty and everybody was there. Brent and I didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a long story, but. Uh, yeah, didn't did I wish I would have been there. I yeah. feel like I missed it, but uh, at the yeah, time, it's funeral. It's, it's songs tough, are funny. Yeah. A weird, funny thing like that. Like, <laughs> it, whenever, when even when I'm singing that song now, still, I have because I when I wrote it, it was snapshots of what happened of of a my memories of knowing Kelly, mm -hmm. and then snapshots of what happened that day. Not the funeral, I don't remember at all, but it was more like meeting her weird family and seeing her house and, and being with friends in the wake. And it's like, uh, you know how they say that smells have a very evocative um, memory triggering sure. power? Sense memory, I think yeah. that songs, at least for this writer, when you're singing it, has a similar kind of weird connection. It's like this physical, it's like just like these Polaroids start rupping through my mind right. whenever I... Right, you know, not I, every song. Well, a lot of songs, though, if they're personal, that like just this weird slideshow. Right, you know, I, I play with this band, the Geraniums. I play with them for for many yeah, many I, years, and uh, and 
Kelly. That was one of Kelly's favorite bands. Yeah. And there's uh, one song in particular, "Sensible Shoes," that she always she loved, and and it was her favorite song. And so we always, we usually will finish our sets with with uh, with "Sensible Shoes," and I it never fails to. I saw you play it the other night. Yeah. It 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 never fails to to really move me, and I feel so connected to to Kelly when we're playing that song, and yeah. the, the emotion of it is is just right there. So I know just what you're talking about. It's man. the difficult. It's the challenge of writing songs, really, is to like tap into to that. Yes. You know, if you've got that, something that you want to remember and something that's like obtuse enough that you can say over and over without being didactic mm-hmm. and something that's not cliche, that, that has just that soft, weird thing about it, then that's... Then you got it. Then you got a, something. Expressionism. But, but yeah, but coming up with that is fucking hard. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's the art part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was easy. Everybody would be doing it's, a Mr. Quintron. <laughs> yeah, string. Uh, stringing, you know, chords together is. That's easy. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's the other part. The, uh, the the. No, you guys closed with that song the other night when I was. The reason I'm here actually is like before you played it, you're like, can you go on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking well, about? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I always try to try to 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 capitalize on any opportunity I, I I had, and I was so happy to see you walk in that night. And I thought, as soon as I thought you, I was like, oh, I'm going to hit him up to be on the podcast. It worked, buddy. <laughs> There's a guy right after you was Sam the Butcher, his butcher, so we didn't, we didn't want him on the show. <laughs> but listen, it's time to take our break, Nation. So oh, go, so it is. Yeah, so go have a drink. I got to take a leak. We'll be back. And we're back. Of our drum buddy. Yeah. <laughs> back. We're, we, I was just telling our, our Mr. Quintron. You were Quintron telling me how you go to that, the, 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 the pool room uh, and take yeah, photos. Quintron got, uh, we took a little break. Quintron started wandering around. He said he got a little lost and he wound up in the pool room. I, said, I had to ask somebody how, how to get, get out of the men's locker room. <laughs> it was a maze of showers and I've never men been in and, there. Oh. and everything. Oh. And I, Jeez, I sounds like, escorted like, out. like that movie Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> Didn't get there, but... He didn't get that far back in the... In the yeah, in the, you, you should go to the fresh meat room, uh, Renee, <laughs> okay. in the locker room. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we just celebrated a, 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 a Stonewall, the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Shout out to the community. Um, so, uh, but you did make it back. You made it back to the ring room. Yeah, I'm, I'm here, yeah. Back in the ring room with, uh, yeah. with Mr. Manny Chevrolet, Mr. Quintron, <laughs> Renee Coleman. Here I am. Uh, so... Uh, a few years ago, you did a you and, and Miss Pussycat did a, a residency at, at the New Orleans Museum of Art. You did a three month residency. Tell mm-hmm. us about that. Um, well, it was all thanks to the then new curator Miranda Lash, who has since moved on to the Speed Museum in Lexington, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Right on. Um, and we had a. a solo show the two of us on the whatever the third floor contemporary wing Mm -hmm. of the new orleans museum of art and she had a whole huge exhibit of all of her puppetry and uh i was puppets and uh videos and it was a big hit with kids it it was my my daughter fell in love with miss pussycat they were like they became besties for a while i guess you call it She's yeah. Miss Pete, and Miss Pete has had a big uh, uh, her own room at the Ogden. She's done oh, a nice. thing at the, at the CAC. She's the art, really genius. She's she she will build until 
you make her stop building stuff. <laughs> and she's like, if you ask her to fill a room full of beautiful, weird things that have meaning, she's the one to do it. And um, so my you, room was, um, my participation was I built a studio, my home studio into the museum, yes, the I, New Orleans Museum of Art. And I displayed some drumbities and I... Um, uh, to decorate my studio, I went to work there every day. I actually had, I didn't have keys to the museum, but I had all twenty uh, four hour access. Wow, crazy! That yeah. wouldn't happen. Yeah, now. do they I ever do think. that for anybody? No, no. And that was a Miranda thing. She had wow. the city under her spell Very for a while. Very trusting, and thankfully yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and so I could go and work whenever I wanted to and my idea was I'm going to record a record in my home studio under dis- under well, that, yeah I remember display. that now you it had didn't like- work out I hated being in public yeah I hated uh, I would go and kind of pretend to do stuff sometimes and move things around Just as a and performance I would mix yeah. I, I would what I would do is I would go organize files and mix and listen to things but I never ever one single second was like performing a, a live take of something when that got used watching, on a record when people were watching. It didn't work. Come back I, at night and you I do it by hated yourself. It. Yes. <laughs> I did it at night after hours. Um, and uh, But it it made what I think was a really good, polished... I, I'm, I, I love the record that I made. Yeah, there, yeah. But it the, was all done after hours. The, None of it was done. And the, the record is uh, Sucre du Sauvage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So let's go back earlier. Um, you're playing with boxes of your dad's electrical equipment and stuff like that. How, how old are you then? You're no, well, I mean, probably starting whenever. I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten, okay. all the way to teenager dumb. Okay. And, uh, so you start experimenting all this stuff. Your brother and sister aren't interested. So musically, who is influencing you? Um. Because you have your own brand, you have your own niche. Right, you, you are. Who I you was are. a midwestern suburban kid, or southern Midwest, whatever St. Louis. So while you is, were tickering right. with the metal shiny objects or stuff like that, you who know, are you listening to? So Sonic Youth is a big. I'm just guessing. No, okay. No, I All never right. got into Sonic okay. Youth. I don't know one single Sonic Youth song. Okay. I, I know. Thurston, kind of. Okay. But I don't know any of their music. Just, just or, spitballing. Yeah, I just. Um, I've always been sort of the kind of musician that mostly listens to my own stuff or my okay. friend's stuff more than, and, and then and and whatever's on the radio, mm-hmm. more than um, I've never been a big collector or a big music nerd. Interesting, um, like that. Uh, so I mean, just it was pull something era. out of the air. What something song you heard on the radio in your car? And you said, "Oh, I like this song." Yeah, you know. I really liked um, Tom Sawyer by Rush. Okay, that was well, a great song. I, I don't first see time that. I ever heard. Um, I don't see that at all either. But, but no, no. It's, first time I ever heard <laughs> "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" by Cyndi Lauper. I thought it was like a magical omen from out, or not an omen, but like a, a gift from outer space. A beacon. Of, 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 it, was a, <laughs> it was a beacon. I was going to do that. <laughs> Sorry, self. <laughs> um, I step on everybody's Just a magical lines. pop nugget that... Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know. 
But I'm, I'm talking like kid dumb. Like it's uh, funny you mentioned Sidney Lopter because I remember you know growing up in L.A. I was a big Missing Persons fan. Oh, Let's oh, make okay. a connection here with that. Yeah, loved Missing Persons. Great drummer, Dale Bazio. Great drummer. Uh, her brother was. Yeah. Or her husband, yeah. Terry Bazio. Terry Bazio, a, fucking insane drummer. drummer. Yeah. yeah. I and saw that, them live a couple times. Were they good? Uh, they were very good, but I was too young to appreciate it, to tell you the truth. You know, I was sitting there drinking, you know, you know, it was like 18, 17, 18 years Rum old. And Cokes? Yeah, yeah, or, or seven and sevens. You know, I got a seven and seven, everybody. Look at me, you know. Whiskey sour. Yeah, something like that, you know. But they were insane. They were really good. They were very popular. They were a L- great L.A. band. But it's funny how uh, you mentioned Sidney Lopter because I've met quite a few big stars over the years and have had, been, had, had friendships with them, and they all go back to Sidney Lopper. Huh. It's very strange. I could tell you, like, a good friend of mine, an old friend, I, we're not so good friends anymore, but Flea from the Chili Peppers, loves Cindy Lauper. Just thinks she is the shit. She's, she's very ethereal the she's, uh, yeah. she's the creature. Shit. She's yeah. so, you know, there was the video where she's, she was a total New Yorker, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, she's, she's a total like New Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she's, like, hanging out with pro wrestlers and... Uh, right. I think well she was kind of like a, a, the 80s version of that like gum-chewing mall from, a fo- from 42nd Street or something. Right. Like. And she had attitude. Um, she had really good and attitude. And her voice was so pure and sincere. And um, I'm not a, like a huge Cyndi Lauper fan or anything. But I you just, heard no, that one song. I know the right. one song. I had the record and the, the, Prince, the song Prince wrote for her was, is a great version. And, uh, and then Miles Davis but, uh, co- covers uh, Time After Time. Yeah. That's what I've been listening to lately, obsessively, is like psychedelic funk era Miles, like on the corner. And how like how great that. is Miles? I mean, you know, like uh, 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 people will, you know, the 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 cool jazz uh, era fans of Miles or the bebop era fans of Miles may not dig what you're talking about on the corner and That's and, and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I like it all, but but on the corner and that that era of Miles is is. A, uh, a recent obsession. It's and all it's like, miles. That's it, the thing. It's, it is, and the great thing about him is that it's almost like it's not piece by piece or album by album. It's just like you turn on the the static that is him in any era, and it's got a thing about it. Yes. And it's like there's the Miles vibe. It's the art. He's yeah. a great artist. You know, I just watched that um, video. Well, it's not a video. It's about audio, really, of him. Um, Kicking went 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 off the stage. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, whatever happened. Right, I, mean, right, I never right, knew right, anything right, about right. that, but I never knew that those worlds converged. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we, we were we we were talking earlier about how uh, a lot of of pe- someone's artistry is 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 a product of not only their abilities but their limitations. And well, Miles is and 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 also how. You know, it's it's not the not the expertise or not the facility that that is appealing to an audience or a consumer. It's the humanity of the performer. You know, like that's that's our stock and trade as artists. That's what we have is is our our personhood, our humanity, our ability, and yeah. our ability to reflect that. That's what you know. It it's a complicated game. That's so, what humans want. Is yeah. they I'd want rather humanity. Pe- people want to. See, they're more interested in other people. Yes. Than they are in art. Than any. Than a polished gemstone. I would rather see somebody struggle. But at the same time, I don't want to see incompetence no. or or lack of 
um, care of care or you know there's a lot made about not giving a shit and I think that's a stupid moniker to for anybody to yes. uphold about not gi- there's Absolutely. not giving a shit about certain things and then there's not giving a shit about so anybody that doesn't want to be better that doesn't want to get better is on the wrong path I remember Brent. Well, there I go. Brent, Brent, okay. <laughs> Brent, Glenn Styler. Brent was playing drums on this record. And uh, he's a great drummer. I don't know if you ever heard him. So he was the first drummer in the Geraniums. Anyway, no, he was. And he's, oh, I know. he kills. I, I know. He's yeah. great on that record. Um, so he was playing on this record. And he's talking to me every, uh, every few days, you know. And he's telling me about how it's going. And he says... Uh, you know, I'm so, this is driving me crazy trying to make it through here. And, and he said, I, I keep trying to get this guy fired and get you on the band. And, and they said, no, man, you know, art is about the struggle. And he said, art is not about the struggle to play your instrument. <laughs> art is about the struggle to do something great. You know, that's. I, I agree. I concur. Yeah. So. It isn't about it, uh, yeah, <laughs> bumbling to find the chord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or, or not having practiced and not knowing how to find the chord. Right, exactly. But Brent that's... playing drums, um, the, one of the greatest Glenn Styler moments that I've ever seen is him doing a show, a whole fucking 40-minute show or whatever, uh-huh. with a kick drum on stage, not ever touching it. Uh-huh. <laughs> except he probably did this a lot of times. And maybe this was the one at our house. And then just... One time at a certain in <laughs> you killed my love or something, right. then that like was a it. cannon shot. <laughs> that was that was like a super artistically like formative lesson for me about minimalism and about um, I don't even know what about, just, but uh, yeah, yeah, only the, the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a gong, maybe just hit it once. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, Brent is 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 such an artist, man. It's, Brent, if you write a song with Brent, before you're finished recording the demo, he'll be telling you what the video is going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, first of all, let's finish this take first, and then we'll, we'll talk. I don't know. It's, I, I, my mind doesn't work like that, but, you know, he's, he's a visionary, you know. Yeah. But it's probably like, like Miss Pussycat. She, I'm, I'm guessing she may be the same way. I don't know. Well, we'll have to get her on. and uh, You know, see, we're going to daisy chain these guests together, you yeah. know, like we had... Uh, Lefty Parker. Yeah, how did you meet Lefty? I can't even remember, really, but he's one of my oldest friends and still one of my dearest friends and confidants in New Orleans. I trust Lefty. I love him. I care about him. He told us, though, a couple weeks ago when he was on the show, that you were afraid to come on the show. You were afraid to talk to me. I didn't know. Uh, I don't know you, and I, I I know you a little bit more from music. He's talking about me, yeah, yeah, but, yeah um, Mr. Quentron. I'm sorry, I'm pointing on the radio. It's okay, Manny. I yeah, I yeah, didn't. Uh, yeah. I wasn't sure. I didn't want to. We, we um, had got. We had met each other. I yeah, think, yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. we? Through Kelly Circle Bar days. Mm-hmm. I used to live he above he doesn't know your shtick on this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So he had said, and, 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 and I guess he convinced you that, that I'm said okay. Said we were okay. It yeah. wasn't that you're okay. I was like, <laughs> yeah, is, this, not uh, okay. is it a serious, not a serious <laughs> conversation, but is it like, um, Am I, uh, I don't want to be uh, under attack or oh, um, no, 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 no. Uh, have talked to somebody who's 
flip more more dismissive i don't know dismissive or not uh yeah. no we're not gonna paranoid no we're fans man no no you and we, you had the right to be that's that's a good alex chilton uh quality to, to have <laughs> it's uh you know be very wary of people that, that want to demand your time and well you're you a very intriguing character and you and part of your you know your first foot forward in the public is something that is maybe not you but it's but it is you and not, it's something to to wonder about and us not being i'm i'm looking and talking Manny, to Manny. About Manny. Yeah, right yeah, now right, i'm right, pointing yeah. at him actually right, yeah, yeah, here in the yeah. ring yeah. room Yes. And you're um, scaring me all of a sudden yeah. in some way, <laughs> you know, because you're so you're so you like uh, He's very perfect He's with very your intense. vocabulary. Yes. We we all are faced with certain challenging situations, and we we do our best to uh, you know make it through and and you know keep fighting the good fight <laughs> and elevate our vocabulary. Elevate our yeah. vocabulary. Like the use yes. of the word. Beacon. Beacon, thank Beacon. you. And Your I, suggestion. Yeah, looking my at suggestion. Manny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, the, the word of the day, like uh, Groucho like Marx used to have that. I like that. that. Yeah. The word of the day and, and challenging yourself to use new words. I do that sometimes. It's fun. It's great. It's great. Especially, and there's some words that are just useless. They should be stricken from the, the language. Do you have any, any examples? I don't because okay. I, don't, I don't have space in my brain for them. Yeah. But one that I started using a couple of years ago that's like, ah, oh, there's no other word for this mm-hmm. is the word ubiquitous. Sure, that's a great one. It's a great word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it rolls it, off the tongue very it well. It is, and there's too. not another way to say it. Right. No. And, and in context, everybody kind of knows what you're talking about. You know, I actually had a good f- one. I had a friend. So Beacon. Beacon, yes. Ubiquitousness. And, and, and ubiquitousness. <laughs> so I had a friend who, who was a, an ad copywriter for A&M Records when A&M was still working and in existence. And they were on actually the old, uh, the, uh, the silent film actor, um, Charlie Chaplin, the, Cha- the Chaplin lot. Uh, that's where A&M was. Yeah. And uh, she had a meeting with... Um, with the great uh, pianist. Sophie Tucker? No, it's not no. Sophie Tucker. You're very close. Um, the uh, the, the uh, black piano player, um, heavy set guy. Um, Fats Domino. No. Um, um. Oh, the, you know, the soul singer. Um, uh, Barry, Barry White? Barry White. Thank you. Thank you. Barry White. Um, so she's meeting with Barry White about his, the ad copy on his new record. And she's saying, well, do you have any ideas? And he goes, yeah, well, I, I, I want to use the word ubiquitous. Like, Barry White is ubiquitous. She goes, okay. <laughs> well, that's not good. Be- that's a start. You know what I mean? That's a starting point. <laughs> this is the same Barry White used to do those songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah, yeah. He had a new, new record. But, yeah. and she was Ubiquitous. Come and yeah. check out my ubiquitous. Yeah, and this, 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 this woman was a uh, Harvard graduate, you know, so she's there writing ad copy. And and, she's, yeah. and now they're married? No, well, no. they're not. She, she's married, and I think he might have, have uh, passed. Um, oh, okay. But he was married as well. Anyway, the, when I think of ubiquitous, I always think of Barry White. Even if I can't think of his name, I'm picturing his face, you know. I, I love Barry White. Just you know, like your picture earlier religion. that you showed me. What's that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know, Manny. <laughs> the picture you showed me earlier. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, moving on. So, you a couple of years ago, you did. Uh, a, a, you were a resident artist at the Robert Rauschenberg uh, Foundation. What was that like? Uh, that was like a dream come true. It's this. It's uh, a grant. Or a, I don't know what you would call it. It's a foundation that offers grants to artists 
and you are anonymously recommended for it. And I huh. think I know now who it was, but I'm not allowed to say. Yeah, that's okay. And you get a very white. Yeah, well, it Manny, wasn't Barry White. Okay, well, he has to say it wasn't Barry White, whether it was or not. Um, so we got an email saying, uh, "Do you, do you, are you interested in coming to Captiva, Florida, which is an island near Sanibel Island on the Gulf side of um, the peninsula of Florida mm-hmm. uh, for I think it was like six weeks oh, or nice. maybe more." And uh, it's like all expenses paid. You get a place to stay and you get your food, three meals a day and a studio and everything. And I d- deleted the email because I thought it was uh, a joke. Yeah. Like, I am a king of Uganda and I would like you to take my wife's gold. And it was one of those emails. And, uh, uh, and then they called us okay. on the phone and then it, uh, it was real. And, and yeah, we got to go live in a, condo basically in Rauschenberg's old it's his studio his compound that he lived in and worked in for the last maybe 20 years of his life or something it was a long time Um, and it was life changing it really was it was absolutely life changing in what ways Um, it's kind of where I sort of finalized this idea for the sec- the only second good idea I've had be- after the drum buddy, and it's maybe even better, is the Weather Warlock yes. weather-controlled synthesizer yes, let's idea. let's talk about the Weather Warlock. Well, that's where okay. I really c- kind of was like, all right, I'm going to knuckle down, and, and uh, I've had this idea, and I've tested its, you know, I've proved its that it's viable and that it's workable and I, and I can make something out of this. But it, this was like, all right, now I have six or seven weeks or whatever it was mm-hmm. to finish it and do it and test it. And, um, and this is all, you're just, this is all electric, uh, electrical engineering. Yeah. This was just bu- um, building circuit boards and testing them out. And uh, it's, you know, uh, it's all based on weather sensors that sit outside like wind speed. Mm-hmm. Um, Anemometers and temperature sensors and light sensors and stuff like that. Right. And I had a big studio that was Rauschenberg Studio, sitting there nice. at these big fancy white tables, and you have a chef that cooks you meals nice. two times a day. And now sitting there, yeah. are you feeling the the, the gravity of yes. of being in Rauschenberg Studio? And there was his stuff was everywhere. His yeah. books were everywhere. <laughs> nice. There's like it's annotated b- of volumes. His libraries of like art books that people had given like mm-hmm. signed to him and right. uh, that he was, wrote in the margins. Yeah, yeah. I drank his whiskey. I found nice. he was a big time Jack Daniels guy. Okay. And uh, went into his paper collection closet, and there were like little pints hidden behind, uh, like old <laughs> jars boozer. of pens and stuff. Yeah, nice. Not many people there were big boozers except me and the ghost of Robert Rauschenberg. Yeah, so, so you had company, <laughs> you <Yeah>. and Robert. <laughs> That's my big story from the Rauschenberg. No, so. that's so cool. But but yeah, you could feel his pre- it, I We were one of the. F- the early right. groups that did this residency. It was maybe, I don't know when he died, but, but the residency program wasn't that old at that point. So like in they were still kind of very free and loose with, you know, like what you can do right. and uh, all his stuff. I think they've since kind of tamed it down or whatever. Okay. But I would open books um, in the place we were staying, and it's like a, a book about well, some, I don't know, 
pop artist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's a postcard with from Laurie Anderson, like "Love you, yeah, <laughs> Merry Christmas, 1986" right. Right. or something. You know, Did you like, take it? No, 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 absolutely. No. Uh, like you really felt like I'm in a museum, and yes. I'm like, uh, he's the he's the guru and the teacher, and thought but about it. But this no. is thrilling. Yeah, okay. the, to, the idea that you know you are of these people, and then now you're among these people, and now these people, and I know that Laurie Anderson is a is a recipient or, or an owner of a drum body, yeah. if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. So isn't that cool that, that like you're actually in this community and this is all folding back on itself? I don't think of it that way, okay. but um, they're older yeah. and I'm younger and well, now I'm becoming older. Yes, And then we all there's are. people that are younger and you become one of those people that people maybe mythologize or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you have a, a long documented history of what you've done. It's right. a part of being older and a part of... Uh, being an artist is documenting what you do. You mm. have a very mapped out uh, track of your existence. Right. right. Yeah. So, so getting, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut yeah. you off. I was just saying, getting back to uh, the work that you were doing there and the weather warlock. So yeah. it's also referred to as the singing house. That was the first um, name for it. Okay. Now, the I thought Weather Warlock was more rock and roll. It is. It, it's, it's snappier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a more trademarkable. It was, it was Weather Witch first, okay. and it turns out that that is a very popular series of um, British teenage girl novels. Really? Yeah. Weather yeah. Witch. Weather yeah. Witch. It's like a whole huge, really Manny super popular that, but, uh, like teen. Uh, to what? The Weather Witch a, series. Yeah. It's yeah. a teen lit like hit series and I was like, oh, huh. I can't do that. Okay, right. And Weather Warlock is actually a very, 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 very minor Marvel sub superhero that they didn't even have their own Wikipedia page for. So I'll okay. like, uh, take that one. Guys. Take it, man. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. Take it. So, yeah. so I've heard the recordings, uh, of, of the thing actually in action. It's beautiful. It's quite soothing and very, I don't know. Zen is not a word I want to use, but it's just to be in a space and have all of this, you know, all these tones, uh, and and sounds it's not just a static tone it's it has rhythm to it it has yeah it's a it's, it's very a, musical it's really just a chord it's a it's a major chord with the with the the root the third the fifth and the high octave every one of those notes being modulated by some weather component mm-hmm. so it's it's a bubbling major chord that's always there and then there's some like wing nuts that come in and out with lightning or a sunrise and right. sunset there's some dissonance that comes in yeah. but it's mostly this major chord that is always kind of shimmering but it's but it's um it's randomly being pushed and pulled by weather conditions and serialism so it makes it yes. sort of um a living chord it's just one mm-hmm. chord one drone chord right. it's very ohm right but it's um, but it's never um, there's nothing programmed about it or nothing um, static about it. It's like it's like how when you look at a fire, it's the same. It's hypnotic because it's constantly changing and moving around, or like a reflection on a or waves or something like that's predictable and the same and the same. But it's it's always slightly changing and different. It's the voice it was the of God. Objective, it was yeah. the objective for the, like to make a chord that has that same quality 
of like looking at waves coming in or yeah. looking at a fire or something. Yeah, man. And, and, and it worked. It's, you absolutely it's achieved all, it. It's down right now because I'm a not good at computer stuff and the servers are overloaded. And yeah. That's part of my friendship with Lefty. <laughs> okay. Right. Lefty is a genius at that stuff. Really? Yeah, he's good with oh, all that. Yeah. yeah, he's good with all that stuff. He's helped me out sometimes too. And musical, yeah, uh, knowledge and yes, yes. Well, yeah, he he, fuck man. He's a straight shooter too about about about, everything. Yeah. What happened to your wrist? I fell off stage in Indianapolis. I just tripped off of a very low stage over a monitor that was flat black Which one in is a room that was wearing a two-strap kind of velcro kind of thing yeah. that you some people would wear for a carpal tunnel syndrome it's, it is yeah. a carpal tunnel syndrome yeah thing, but. yeah but that's an improvement because the last time i saw you in fact i guess when i convinced you to come on this podcast you had a full cast yeah at yeah. the height of uh jazz fest which is a bad time for a keyboard player to break a, a, a left hand i did all the gigs i hired my yeah. friend benny to learn my left hand parts which ain't that difficult but it, it is difficult actually. just don't stop Not, the parts aren't complicated but but the changes are weird. But he learned all the all the left hand parts and nice. We went to Minneapolis. Hmm. Even he did all the jazz fest gigs. Cool man. Get that so money. we're we're, we're absolutely you know, you know, jazz fest is a new thing for me. Like like playing through jazz fest and really doing it. Yeah, it's kind of a new. I've been a, a Mardi Gras person forever. Okay. Like that is money making time and it's yeah. fun time and the friends and family and you got gigs every night, but it's also a party every night. Jazz Fest is slowly becoming that for me too. It's great. The, the world is catching up to, to Mr. Quantra. I just, I've, I've let myself indulge in it. I love okay. it. I love Jazz Fest. Good. Good for you, man. Yeah. Not if you lived in my neighborhood. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I live in the Jazz Fest neighborhood. I know, I know. Do you go? Do you go <laughs> no, into the fairgrounds? No, no. Not even one day a year? Uh, if I, you, went, well, you went one day this year. I did go one day this year. A couple year. hours. Uh, I went for a couple hours to get a sandwich, and I left. I'm not into I, I Crowds, I hate crowds. It, and it's the worst place to be in a crowd there because uh, there's awful. no trees or like it's dusty. Yeah, it's dusty. But if the I would go, I would go to Jazz Fest every fucking day if they would have the races going on at the same time. <laughs> if they have horses going around the track that's, while the music was playing, idea, yeah, that yeah. would be fabulous. I would go every day. But since they don't do that, I, I don't go. Well, I, I can, when you become here, mayor, yeah, that mine could happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, now, can we count on your support, Mr. Quintron? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, good, All because right. I've, I've, you know, speaking of that, every show he introduces me as the future mayor of New Orleans, and I keep running because... You're going to run in earnest? I'm not saying that you have... I'm not saying that you have not. But I came up with... Uh, uh, I was thinking about it because I, I was talking to my uh, campaign people mm-hmm. over the past week, and I went and saw a movie with some friends okay. over the weekend. And, Porn? Uh, well, yeah, of course. Okay. Oh, sorry. God. What do you think? I'm going to go see uh, Bohemian Rapid City or something like that. <laughs> it's a movie he cried at. He cried at Bohemian Rapid <laughs> Cried a couple of times. Yeah, he cried <laughs> a couple. Called of, Rapid City. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know. That was yeah, the joke. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He cried when uh, uh, Freddie Mercury went, "Hey, oh, hey, no, you said oh. 
was the best scene. That was, yeah. and the, 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 no, the you cried one. when his dad hugged him because it reminded you of you and your father. No, no. Yeah, yeah he no, cried no, at no, that no, scene. No. And I, yeah. I, I, started, I started weeping at the opening scene when Freddie Mercury is, is making the walk from the trailer to uh, Wembley Stadium stage. The, the gravity of it, the, 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 the <laughs> magnificence of it, I was like, oh, you know, because the whole, whole thing about that movie is they, they leverage the actual story, you know, the, the real life story. Like he's of, tearing of, up yeah. right now. He's tearing I'm, up right I'm now. I'm easily moved, yeah, Mr. Quintron. Yeah. That's, that's a good quality. That's what I think, but Manny always mocks me. That's okay. Well, it's, that's why you guys are a great team. Yes, and, and, and you go see movies together. No, we don't see movies. No, no, we've never seen a movie with this guy. I, I, you know, I, if it wasn't for the show, I'd see him maybe twice a year. You know? That's Colin Sherbert. That's Colin Sherbert, and I yeah. like it. But uh, the wordplay. <laughs> anyway, you know, I'll get his. I'll get one of his bands to do a, 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 a fundraiser. Manny from Air fundraiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we got a couple years. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but listen, it's been great having you on. I think uh, I think we're about yeah, yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're for sure. Yeah. We're yeah. 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 But we're gonna get your. We're gonna get Miss Pussycat on your partner. Please do. And the, uh, yeah. this has been fantastic. So fun, man. Sincerely, yeah. and uh, I really I have a lot of respect for you guys, and that, and I think the podcast uh, art form is is actually sort of a step in the right direction for humanity. People talking so. to each other yeah, and not yeah, yeah. looking at uh, computers and, and it's not one-liners. It's like just well, I have we're a lot forcibly <laughs> sitting down and having a conversation. And well, that, yeah. That, that, oh, that, yeah. That this is a thing. And we're is having actually fun. Very positive. We're having fun yeah, with it. You know. and, and people listening, that, here's how I got into doing podcasts is I became such a fan because... All of my favorite podcasts are like friends that I've never met whispering in my ear. Mm -hmm. So, and we have our our, our listening audience, the uh, troubled nation. Uh, you know, feels the same way. You know, we keep them company. We they look forward to hanging out with us. You know, we can't hear what they're saying, but you know, yeah. we feel their presence there, nonetheless. And that's anyway. why everyone should like us on the Instagram and the Facebook and the, the Twitter and, 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 and spread it around. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, share with your friends. Yeah, share yeah, with yeah. all your friends. You know, I don't know how it works. Yeah, yeah, we're, but, we're, figuring <laughs> yeah we're, we're figuring it out as yeah, we but, go. Uh, you know, uh, you know <laughs> but, by, by uh, you know, having uh, Mr. Quintron on, and, and this is such a fantastic episode. And look, I get nervous when I have a great guest coming up, and I just hope that I'm going to be able to pull off a great podcast and I feel so I think we did good I feel can so I use the podcast as a platform to promote my next uh, sure yes album? please yes, yes. yes. say whatever you everything yeah. because I, I gotta get something out of this oh as no well. no absolutely yeah. please promote yeah. yeah plug it well after these two drinks who knows what's gonna happen to you now? Yeah. that's right they bought me two drinks <laughs> and, and allowed me to say that um uh, in sometime this fall I'm releasing a solo Mellotron EP, and I don't know what it's called yet. I was going to ask your advice, but I'll do that off the air. Okay. But uh, uh, kind of uh, what reminded me of it is uh, uh, talking about Brent and Glenn Styler in the early days playing with him. I was doing just solo kind of instrumental organ music, and this is a very much return to that hmm. kind of like psychedelic exotica nice. record. So uh, I'm promoting something. I don't know what it's called. Okay. 
But but based on that description, you will know it when you hear it. And, yeah. and, and tell out. tell the listeners where they can follow you if you're going on tour and stuff like yes, that. Yes, and you do. Have We're going a, on tour. Yeah. Uh, Quintron and Miss Pussycat are going on tour this fall in Florida and on the East Coast. And everything about anything to do with either one of us is at uh, Quintron and Miss Pussycat dot com. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. All right. That's going to be. Got it. Inst- I have Facebook and Instagram, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. Really that. It's going to be on in Website. October and November. You're and and you're playing uh um Halloween in Queens, is that Halloween correct? in Queens and the record release party for this uh the label that's releasing this uh solo Mellotron LP is EP is in Orlando and that's where the record release party will be. Be for there at the end of it. Be there be square people. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you once again, sir. You too. So what do we like to say? In the trouble in the troubled nation, we like to say, uh, "Trouble never ends, but the struggle continues." Good night.